Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Christmas Movie Countdown. I'm here with Emma. Yeah. And today, for December 11th, we are talking about the Netflix original movie, A Castle for Christmas. If you have been in Netflix so far this month, this has 100% shown up in your recommendations or in the top 10 lists or whatever, because it's everywhere. (laughs) They are really pushing this movie like they should because it has two big stars attached to it, which is not usual for Netflix films. It's usually a lot of like there's one famous person and then a bunch of unknown people. This one actually got two famous people to be their uh, leads. They got Carrie Ells from The Princess Bride fame and Robin Hood Men in Tights and Brooke Shields from Every Boy's Room from 1985 to 1999. <laughs> <laughs> That's her only debut. I know her from Blue- The Blue Lagoon and from, oh, she had a TV show. Yeah, she 90s, did. But I don't remember what it was called. Suddenly Susan. Yep. Uh, I remember her from both of those. I'm sure she did a whole bunch of other things, but not stuff that I was allowed to watch as a kid. <laughs> Blue Lagoon is like... That's she was it. in Friends for two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, this movie is exactly what it fucking sounds like. It is a rom-com about getting a castle for Christmas. Um, as you can imagine, like most rom-coms, the people start not liking each other, and by the end, they're in love. Of course, because rom-coms are predictable. <laughs> <laughs> so this story follows uh, Sophie Brown, played by Brooke Shields. She is a huge best-selling author. Like she's basically the susan collins jk rowling whatever like just mountains of money she writes um romance novels and she has written like a dozen of them all in the same series all about the same girl and her last book was hated by all her fans because in the last book she killed off the main character like the main boyfriend person in the series and all the fans are like what the fuck how dare you so she goes on to the drew barrymore show to promote her final book and kind of discuss you know what is going to happen next what the plan is where you know where is the story going to go now and drew barrymore kind of sides with all the angry fans she's like i don't understand why you killed off winston like he was such a good character and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he, Drew definitely, like, berates her. Oh, she's a bitch. And Sophie snaps and she's like, I'm glad I killed him. I should have killed him a long time ago. You are you should be happy it happened so fast. I could have ma- drug it out slowly and chopped him into little pieces and all these. She, like, blows the fuck up and, of course, goes viral. And her manager is just like, dude what the fuck go on vacation you need a break (laughs) so she's kind of talking to her family trying to figure out or to her daughter to figure out what to do and her daughter suggests why don't you go to scotland you've always wanted to go there you could go see the castle um that grandpa always talked about and yeah i think that would be a really great place for you to vacation 
And Sophie is like, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's fucking go. And she drops a bunch of money and is immediately flown to Scotland because that's the kind of money we're talking about, people. She's fucking rich. Yeah, she is. So she gets to this small town in Scotland where she is staying and enters the inn and immediately makes fast friends with all the kind of locals that hang out in the inn. Um, you know, their town is not really known for tourism. So everyone's like, holy shit, somebody's staying here. So they all become really quick friends with her. She becomes BFFs with this small group of knitters who teach her how to knit and are kind of like, you know, they're fans of the books, but they understand why she killed this person and are like, fucking finally, like, why'd you wait so long? And it's really cute. Mm-hmm. The next day, she borrows a bike from the inn that she is in and she rides it to Castle Dun Dunbar, which is the castle that her father always talked about. Um, she has family history in this castle. Her grandfather and father and everyone like worked for the duke of dundunbar and they weren't ever allowed to go in the castle but i guess one time when her father was young he snuck into the castle and started to carve his name into the door jam of a door yeah um and she wanted to go and see for herself like i need to see this i her dad has since passed on and she's like i just i need something to connect me to it like as soon as i got to scotland i felt like i was home i was seeing my roots but i need to see you know the place where my father has been basically mm-hmm. um she notices that the groundskeeper at the castle is the same groundskeeper that she met at the inn and she's like okay well that's kind of fucking weird but cool glad you're got multiple jobs and he's like yeah you know whatever and just as she arrives a tour is leaving the castle hosted by thomas thomas thank you hosted by thomas and she asks like you know i'd really like a tour and thomas is like nope that was the last tour for the day sorry i can't do it and uh miles who is the groundskeeper is like yeah, sure. Like, I will give you a tour. I know all about the place. Like, let's go. And he leads her on this private tour and he's showing her, you know, all the things that are on the normal tour. And she's like, well, what's, you know, what's over here and what's over there? Like, there's these areas that we can't go to. And he's like, this is, you know, that's not part of the tour. You can't go there, blah, blah, blah. Halfway through the tour, Miles gets called away um, because something is going on in another part of the grounds he has to go help with. Mm-hmm. So she starts exploring on her own and she ends up finding the door jam with her father's little carving in it. And she's like, oh, damn, this is it. This is the place. As soon as she kind of figures it out and starts to feel it at home in the place, Miles rolls up and is like, um, you're not allowed to be here. I told you you couldn't do this. Like, this is where somebody lives. You can't just be wandering around. You need to get the fuck out, basically. His mood immediately shifts. He becomes a super dick and he kicks her out. And then he charges her double the price because she took a like a solo tour, a private tour. And it's just like, don't come back. She goes back to the inn and is kind of chatting with everyone about how rude 
Miles was and all these things. And she finds out that Miles is actually the Duke of Dun Dunbar. And in this conversation, she also finds out that the castle Dun Dunbar is for sale. And she, you know, her knitting mates are telling her all about the castle and the reason why it's how it's just, you know, it's huge and it's taken too much. And his father was just, you know, not a good dude and spent all their money and now they can't afford the castle. So she's like, oh, shit. Okay, well, that's good to know. The next day, she goes to the castle and is like, yo, I want to buy this castle. Yeah. (laughs) Because why not? Because she has the fucking money to do that because she's J.K. Rowling rich. And Miles, Duke Miles, is just like, no, I refuse to sell. I will not sell to her. Like, I know we need to sell this property, but I will not sell to her because she, mm-hmm. you know, walked away from the tour and made me upset and meh, 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 meh. And she's like, okay, fine, bye. And the realtor guy is like, you realized you just gave this castle to the bank, basically. Like, you can't afford to not take up whoever's going to fucking buy this. Yeah. So Sophie leaves and she's like, Fuck it. I'm going to go get drunk. She goes back to the inn. She hangs out at the bar and starts drinking. And then Miles rolls up to the bar and he's like, okay, here's the deal. I have a bunch of prerequisites or rules for you buying the castle. First thing, there's going to be a 90 day escrow. um, And, you know, at least until after Christmas, basically. And you have to stay in the castle with me like you can move into the castle but you have to stay there with me this whole time these 90 days so i know that you can take over the castle and you have to pay your deposit up front and it's non-refundable and all these things and she's like you know what this is fucking wild but sure and she signs the contract and boom we have our major plot point yeah sophie grabs her shit from the end and moves into the castle And like the true dick Miles is, he puts her up in the very top floor where there is no heating and barely any lighting and no Wi-Fi and no running water and all this, like the worst fucking part of the castle because he's trying to drive her out. He's like, if I can just get her to be not interested in this castle, that'll be great. We'll take her non-refundable deposit and it'll get us through to the spring and then we'll be able to make money, you know, hosting weddings and doing all these different things. And Thomas is like, bro, you're a dick, but sure. Yeah. So the whole like next 30 minutes of the movie is the trials and tribulations of him trying to get her to kick out, to bitch out of it, basically. And her just refusing to back down. And eventually she shows him the door jam and is like, look, you don't understand. You think that. You think whatever you want to think, but I'm not leaving this place. I have history here. My family has history here. Look at this name. This is my father's name. McGoo. (laughs) McGoo. Um, He got caught before he could finish filling in the rest of his name. uh, McGinty, which is their family name. So in this moment, Miles is like, okay, fuck, I get it. I guess I won't kick you out. And they start 
renovating the castle or trying to fix up the castle together. Mm -hmm. And through, you know, this montage of fixing the castle and preparing it for kind of Christmas, they end up falling in love, like starting to really like each other. And they end up sleeping together and all these different things. And one night, it's like the night before Christmas Eve or two, it's very close to Christmas Eve. Um, They're talking and Sophie wants to reconfigure the contract or reconfigure the sale of the house or of the castle. And she wants to make it, she basically says, I don't want you to move out. I want you to keep living here with me. And Miles gets super offended, basically. She was trying to be sweet and like, hey, you know, we've been seeing each other. Like, why don't you just stay? You don't have to leave you could stay with me. Um, And he took it as an offense, like, oh, how nice of you to let me fucking stay in my own fucking house. Like, you're a bitch, basically. Um, And he gets hella mad at her, and he breaks up with her and, like, storms away. So she's like, okay, dude, well, fuck you. And she packs up her bags, and she heads to the inn. While she's talking... To everyone in the end, she learns about all these things about why he has to sell the inn, why this selling it was so important. And it's basically that he has been taking care of the entire village, the entire town basically is living off of the property of Dundunbar. And he's, you know, basically taking care of all of it, which is why he has no fucking money anymore. Yeah. And Sophie's like, fuck, that's so sweet. God damn it. And then it cuts to Miles and Thomas is talking to Miles and is basically like, dude, I have never seen you as happy as you have been with Sophie these last few months. She made you happy. You're an idiot for throwing this away. Why? Basically. Thomas yeah. talks some fucking sense into him. And at the same time, back at the end, Sophie's just like, man, fuck all this. Fuck love. I'm out. I'm going home. I'm going to, you know, the net tomorrow I'm going to fucking uh, Edinburgh and I'm going to get on a plane to go back home. And Angus, who has been silent this whole film, he has refused to talk since the death of his husband. Two Um, years. Three years. Yeah. Angus speaks up and basically says, that love is worth fighting for don't ever feel bad about falling in love love is what we're fucking here for like that's the whole fucking point and everyone's like oh my god angus you spoke like holy shit this is so sweet everyone's freaking out sophie's like yeah you're fucking right god damn it okay the next morning is christmas eve it's the gonna be the big party and she gets in a taxi cab to go home and the taxi cab breaks down halfway through the town. And the ca- the taxi driver's like, fuck it. It's Christmas Eve. We're going to go back <laughs> to the to the inn. There's nowhere else to go. I'm going to go have a drink. Call me another car? No, I'm going to go have a beer. It's yeah. Christmas. There are no other cars. <laughs> There's no other people. This is a small ass town. So they go back to the inn. And everyone is getting ready for the party. 
Um, there, there's going to be this big party at the castle that used to happen all the time, but stopped happening um, when Miles's father started having financial problems. He just like gave up on the town, basically. Yep. So Sophie's thing was bringing back this big Christmas Eve party. So her and Miles have been figuring this all out and planning it. And everyone in town is fucking hyped and excited to go. She has bought dresses for everyone, all of her little knitting friends and outfits. And it's just this whole cute thing. But she's like, I'm not going to go. You guys fucking go. Have a good time. You know, enjoy it. I'm going to just hang out here. And then Miles shows up and he throws a snowball at her room window to get her attention. (laughs) Right? as um and then he's not paying attention so much window (laughs) she opens the window and he pelts her in the face of the snowball (laughs) and then he's like oh fuck i'm sorry (laughs) and she shuts the window and he's like well fuck there goes my chances like any chance i had to apologize that's it and he starts walking away sophie comes out grabs a ball of snow And pelts him in the back of the head as he's walking away. And he's like, oh, fuck. Okay. So they go and they talk. And he apologizes for being an ass and doing all these things. And he asks her to go to the Christmas party with him. So she goes and gets changed in this beautiful dress that she had found while they were kind of renovating. And they ride on horseback to the castle. They arrive at the castle and everyone's fucking hyped to see her like they were expecting her to just hang out at the hotel and all these different things and the christmas party kind of starts and the duke gives a speech and he talks about how christmas is a time for family and all of you are my family like this village is my family um but there's someone who's missing their family tonight and here i fixed it and basically he has had her daughter Lexi flown in and Lexi arrives at the party because Sophie was really sad for a big chunk of this movie that her daughter was not going to be with her for Christmas because her ex-husband is getting remarried on Christmas. So Sophie is now beside herself. She's like, fuck Lexi's here. I'm so happy. And Miles and her have kind of fixed it and they kiss and then everybody dances and it's a big beautiful party and that's the end castle for christmas yay yay there were many plot holes so many (laughs) (laughs) but it's fine (laughs) all right emma who is your favorite character in this movie well i had a lot i really did but I'm going to have to go with Hamish. Yes. Hamish the dog. I did not mention him at all, but there's a really cute dog. The whole movie. Hamish is. I don't care who you are. That's a great dog right there. He's such a bull. Yep. He's such oh a cutie. God. I can't. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. That was, that was my favorite scene. Also, uh, while we were watching it, the whole scene where, uh, oh my God, what is her name? Sophie. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There we go. Brain. Um, 
when everything was she was feeling bad about how she was mean to miles and they were telling her about the town and everything and i had an absolute letter kenny moment with that scene when she's like oh well let's go fix it up a little bit and like all i could see was brooke shields looking at everybody and being like helen boot over angus boot over and like (laughs) i just that was yeah honorable mention for a scene because that scene was adorable when they all go decorate her place yeah yeah hamish was my favorite how about you my favorite character was Maisie. yes she was like the leader of the knitting group Mm -hmm. and kind of ended up being she's the innkeeper yeah, she's the innkeeper at the at the end. She ended up being like the best friend kind of of Sophie. Yeah. Out of the group. Like she was friends with all of them, but she was definitely the more talkative. Like there's always one that's more talkative, more prevalent, has more lines and just mm-hmm. is more important to moving the story along. Um, but I really liked Maisie. There's a second love story kind of in this movie between mm-hmm. Maisie, her best friend, and Thomas, which is the Duke's best friend. And they used to date a long time ago and then she got married and now she's divorced and now they're getting back together at this Christmas party and it's really fucking cute. It's adorable. Yeah. Uh, I liked her because she is definitely the kind of friend that I am where she doesn't hold her tongue, has no fear of like saying the wrong thing. Just like, no, I'm going to tell you exactly how it is because you deserve to know exactly how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat some shit for you or conveniently leave out information. Like you need to know all these things that are going on. So I really like that about Maisie. All right. Who was your least favorite character in this movie? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't her shitty like manager person that too but no she was such a bitch i was like boo she was (laughs) she was the most yeah the the attacking people on your talk show is just not a thing i can get behind ever garbage um my least favorite character was the plot holes (laughs) yes um So they make a point to keep mentioning the fact that Lexi's father is getting married on Christmas. Mm -hmm. And they make a point at the beginning of the film that Thomas and Miles have signed a contract for to host a wedding at the castle. On Christmas. On Christmas. Okay. And then a weird couple checks into the inn. And they are forced to stay in like the lovers in like lovers, whatever the fuck romance themed room, because there's no other rooms in the hotel. And then we never see them again. Yeah. We were watching this film. We're like, oh shit. The fucking wedding is going to be her ex's wedding. And the couple that just rolled in is her ex and his new wife. And they're going to run into each other and it's going to be a whole fucking thing. And then it never happened. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Well, it's almost like they got this great momentum going with the storyline. And then they just lost track of a third of it. I feel like they hit their time cap. Yeah. Forgot that this was a Netflix movie. 
they were like, we hit, it's too long. It's too long. Yep. (laughs) Totally. That's totally what fucking happened because they could have weaved in this, that plot line very easily. They had the scenes already in the movie. Yeah. Like either take those scenes out because they're fucking unimportant to the plot or put them in and make that like the big plot part. Another 30 minutes. Yeah. If the movie had another 30 minutes, they could have tied up that loose end very nicely. And it sets it up for a sequel for next Christmas. Yes. It is just the next day. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The next day, Lexi's dad rolls in with his new wife so they can get married at this castle that Sophie now owns. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Yeah. There were several other plot holes. Um, like the Drew whole Drew Barrymore thing was fucking weird and the manager was trash and just yeah. there was a lot it was a lot yeah it was weird but I still liked it it was still oh, yeah. cute so still made me tear up absolutely I had quite a few moments so you know the drill guys it's Netflix so of course there's no financial information because <laughs> Netflix just doesn't want you to know how much money they're wasting or spending <laughs> or losing. <laughs> they don't want you to know, okay? Because if no one knows, then the stockholders can't get mad, I guess. I don't fucking know. Um, but seven word synopsis. I've only got one. I'm sure Emma has a couple more than me. So I'll go first. Predictable Christmas rom-com with stars from 80s. Yep. All right, Emma. Okay. What an uncomfortable interview. Boy, wow, ouch. Yeah. (laughs) And then how's every bit of Scotland that beautiful? Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? I'm about to buy a castle in Scotland. Fuck it It really is that pretty. Sometimes it do be like that, though. Yeah. And then Shields and Elves. I never know how to say his name. Elwis. Yeah, absolutely our love story dreams and then my alliterative scrooge swoons scribe stays saves scottish statehood nice that was impressive <laughs> i thought so it took me until like five minutes before we started recording i was like fuck what do i do yeah that was impressive so uh my final thoughts on this movie are that you should check it out it is only an hour and a half. Like, it's under 100 minutes. It's a quick one. It is quick. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. It is very predictable, I will say. If you yes. watch rom-coms at all, it's very much like, oh, crotchety groundskeeper ends up with beautiful woman who just lands on his doorstep. It's very much that. And, yeah. you know, it's happened 100 times. It's whatever. But it's, it's fucking cute. And uh, Carrie Ells is fantastic. His Scottish accent was incredible. Like, who Absolute fucking knew that he could, flawless. he could do that? <laughs> what happens when you're British? Yeah. And uh, Brooke Shields is amazing. Still incredible. Yeah. She's beautiful. Like, yeah. She's like 60. It's like, how are you that pretty still? She is a flawless human being. Yeah. Incredible. You. All right. So if you have any other suggestions for our Christmas movie countdown, you can hit us up 
at Allentown Pod on Twitter. You can email us at AllentownPresents at gmail.com or we have our Facebook at <laughs> Allentown Presents. I'm going to do it every time now, Emma. Every time. I'm telling you, it's a thing. Even if it doesn't get said that way, that is exactly how it comes out of my brain. And I always do the head thing. We have a Facebook. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you again tomorrow with another episode. Bye. Toots.